0: The Smash Daily Podcast. Weekdays 4 to 6 on 107.1. The Big Z. Radio for the Riverbend. What's going on, anyone and everyone? I might happen to be alive. I love my vibrato. My vibrato sometimes just thrills me. Happens to be alive. I ain't got a good vibrato like others do. At this particular point in time, big shout out to those listening in the spirit world. I love you all. Miss you all. Yeah. Huge out to the high holy three. And you know. Lady Chop Chop, I love you. It's a nice day outside. Man, let's keep it that way. Going to be a good day for the Cardinals to play tonight. 6.45, I think, is that first pitch. Flaherty's a guy pitching. Going to be a good night to go to the Cardinals game. And, you know, the thing about it was, I was watching the Cardinals game just a few days ago. And, you know, they, they don't have the cardboard people sitting in the seats. And they have about fifteen thousand people in a fifty thousand seat stadium, and everybody's acting like, "Oh yeah, listen to all that applause." You know, the applause is still recorded and mic'd in there. But nice to have those people there. It's going to be fun tonight. Unfortunately, I guess the Cardinals are on a downturn right now, but this is the baseball season. Almost like the, they're almost like taking insulin, you know. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. You just stay level in the middle, because you can stay in the middle. When it's playoff time, you make those playoffs, and then boom, go for the top. St. Louis Cardinals. I don't know. I don't know whether Mister DeWitt is listening right now, but hey, nobody ever in the history of St. Louis Cardinals made them analogied to shooting up insulin. Cool Papa Smash. Who's your daddy? I was four fifteen right now. Yesterday was my one year anniversary here. And uh I thought I'd, you know see some dancing women, maybe see, you know, some circus elephants on on a on a big ball in the middle of the Cobblestone Street in front of the radio station here, leading straight down to the mighty Mississippi. I thought maybe some dancing bears or maybe a lion tamer or two just, you know, don't even have to have a lion, just crack that whip, make some noise. That's what I thought. One-year anniversary. A lot of people said it ain't going to be done. Can't happen, smash. COVID's going to kill you. Can't happen, smash. COVID's going to ruin business. Can't happen, smash. Because you don't know how to do this anymore. That's what I heard at the beginning. Do you know what? Salute. Salute. Sam, Nick, appreciate you guys getting all, you know, just get me in here. Been fantastic. Sam, my uh, Sam Stem owner, I really haven't got to know too well. I do know. He dresses a lot like me, and so I feel an affinity towards the young man. So you go to the other side of EPGM. I call him the commander. There's Nick Dahr, a wonderful fellow. He had the, I don't know, either mental lapse and revision he say, hey, let's get Spanish in here, All right? Because I've been off the air for 10 years, forced uh, retirement. But I was glad not to be working sad that i wasn't making no money i was glad not to be working then the opportunity opens up here at the big z i said all right let's go i didn't say in that high a note i said all right let's go and boom a year later I'm all year and a day now i'm here boy i tell you what sam he gave me you know a brochure of the place where he lives in Florida, and that's a pretty cool place, man. I'm going to go down there when I'm on vacation in, in, in a few weeks. That's a cool place. And uh, the commander, wonderful fellow. Just getting to know him better as I go along here, my first year at WBGZ. And one of the things the commander does is he makes hummingbird birdhouses. He's I mean, just kind of, you know, it's an intricacy to it. And and I said, well, what are you doing this, man? He says the intricacy with the small tools and the small particles that are used to make that birdhouse, that intricacy makes it possible for me to keep my digital capability working without any nerve damage involved. So his fingers are working good because you've got to have – Just the right precision touch if you're going to be making hummingbird houses. Now hummingbird houses is what I'm talking about. I said hummingbird and that's a Jewish friend of mine. But hummingbird houses, fantastic. And I said to him, man, are you the only guy in the country who's doing this? He said, yes, man. Make hummingbird houses. And you know what else I'm doing, smash? I'm putting flowers on my various body parts above my neck, like in my ears and my nostrils, you know, kind of to the side in my eyeball without actually, you know, severing uh, the cornea. And hummingbirds are fluttering upon me. I said, you are kidding me, man, I'm for the year. This year I thought that Nick Dar, the commander here at WBGZ, the big Z, Was the only guy in the country doing it, but ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, with the help of the SMASH Daily Research Foundation, I was able to find this young man who also is a hummingbird feeder, just like Nick Dar, our commander here at the Big Z.
1: There's some pretty weird things to be seen on TikTok. TikTok. Allow me to show you this example of James Manzo, who goes by HumDaddy on TikTok, shoving these little plastic flowers up his nose. But you'll soon see that what looks to be pure madness is actually rather sweet. Oh,
2: Oh, get out of town.
1: James tells us that about two years ago, him and his partner moved all the way across the country from the East Coast to California. During that time, James was pretty darn sad to be away. Away from everybody he knew, that's when a hummingbird just happened to fly up into his face and knock him out of his bummer mood. He bought every single hummingbird feeder he could find and fell in love with these little creatures and began feeding them. What a cool way to get really close to those hummingbirds because we know they're so fast. The second you try to like maybe catch one with your hands, they're already gone. He tells us also that he's found a new job, new friends and uh, clearly has connected with the wildlife in his new home.
0: Bravo. So there's another one. So it's Nick Dar and cool hum daddy or whatever he calls himself, this guy. The commander. Bravo. Because one of the things when it, and I've learned this from a year of being with him, when it comes time for you to be a leader of men, women, and or beasts, you have to be a commander. And if the only way You will be able to calm yourself, to make yourself a little less, shall we say, hyper, as many commanders are. The only way to get that accomplished is to have for yourself a, quote-unquote, for lack of a better term, hobby. And the commander is a hummingbird feeder, a human hummingbird feeder. My goodness. Oh. Can you imagine how much fun he must be at parties? Got all the birds around him. Now, I myself prefer to maybe just put a a brace on my arm and hold it out and let any of the eagles that fly around the bluffs here just land every once in a while. As long as they, uh, you know, ain't uh, doing no droppings. I don't know if you've ever seen an eagle dropping, but that is holy macaroni. You know, for that matter, I got to ask the commander, what does a hummingbird dropping look like? Because a little tiny things like that, man, they can't be like, you know, going full blown on nothing. But I'm glad to be here. Been a year. Thank you, Commander. And thank you for maintaining your aggression as a manager, your will as a manager, and putting that kind of mind activity into the actuality. Love, as the carpenter said, blessing the beasts and the children. With that in mind, I will now go to song, because at this particular point in time, I love going to song. By the way, he leans to the conservative side, and we dig that. At the same time, we don't hold him to account as far as being bad people's concerned, Because just like Mark Kaysen, he leans to the left, I don't make him bad people. Ed Martin will be here in uno momento, por favor. He'll tell us about the various things that he's got out on his Pro America report. And then, then, you know, these guys in the Masters and this guy, um, let me see what his name is, mariyasu the guy who won the Masters, which you hear the kind of money these guys make and the losers, <laughs> they're the winners too. In loss, these guys are making six figures. That's coming up in just a little bit. So that's coming up uh, as the uh, days let go on here. I just want to open up with a magnificent song as I go into the third year for some people, but the second for me as far as Smash Daily is concerned. Oh, and by the way, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Stay. It's going to be fun. Next Wednesday. Smash Daily moves from 4 to 6 to 3 to 5 because we got great athletic stuff coming on into the evening. Baseball, football, all kinds of good stuff. Hey, serving the community for 70 years right here in Alton, taking care of everything in the River Bend. It's WBGZ. I got to throw this at you because it's a great day. Mighty, mighty boss tones. Come on, come on, come on.
2: there before the grace go on Might be a coward, I'm a of I must find out. It isn't good And I'm glad I have it yet That's the impression
0: that I get somebody mighty, mighty, boss tone Smash with you right here Coming up in just a moment Ed Martin's going to turn this on To what is happening in the world In accordance to his vision Through the Pro-America Report WBGZ 107.1 FM Smash Daily it is Dig the smash
3: Anywhere Anywhere, anywhere.
4: anywhere. The Smash Daily Podcast Smash
0: I know how that guy feels. I love Rural King. Do not leave daddy at home. Public service announcement for Rural King. Sir, smash it. I'm sorry, I'm sounding a little bit, uh, a little bit perturbed, but not really. Because the question is, who's hungry? I'm hungry! And what I want to eat in a way that indeed uh, satiate the appetite that runs rampant. Runs rampant as a rabid, frothing dog. I say, you know what? Two locations. Crevecoeur, Edwardsville. Crevecoeur and Edwardsville. I'm going to Gulf Shores. Gulf Shores. Yeah, I'd love to go to Gulf Shores right now. And be right down there, you know, Destin, somewhere, you know, on the, Bal- on the Alabama side, whatever, in the Gulf Shores. And I would indeed imbibe in the food that's already here in St. Louis, so I don't have to go to the Gulf Shores, except Gulf Shores Restaurant and Grill awaits me. So anything as far as food from the Big Easy's concerned, anything as far as that Creole cooking's concerned, Cajun cooking's concerned, anything from the Gulf Shores. It's all there. And the guy who provides it for you is the proprietor, Harry Parker. His parents gave him all the recipes. Harry says, all right, I'm going to start the restaurant. So, boom, restaurant is on. So, about 17 years over in Creve Court. About seven years over there in Edwardsville, and they got everything for that kind of food. i tell you what I love. I don't need it too much. I don't need it too much, but when I do, I mean, I'm sopping it up. I'm talking about some crab, be cracking that crab, crack, and then you got some beautiful crab meat right there. You know, what I do with it. What everybody does, you dip it in that butter, mm. Mm, mm, mm,
2: mm.
0: you eat it and you eat it, all buttered up, all buttered up, the crab, delicious, Gulf Shores cooked style. And then at the end, you know what you do. I'm giving you a lesson in dining here. The butter that's left in that plate, the butter that's left in that bowl, however you're eating your your crab meat, the butter that's left, you have yourself a side of hush puppies, cut each one of them in half and just swoop them into the butter. Let the hush puppy sop up that butter, and you know what you're going to be? You're going to be crying. Crying because it's that good. So, who's hungry? I'm hungry! Gulf Shores. Gulf Shores Restaurant and Grill.com for the full menu. Me through it. This
3: land is your land. This Everybody. land is my land. Yeah. From California, yep, yep. To the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest. To the Gulf Stream Water. Yeah. This land was made for you and me.
0: You know, I tell you what I love about. Ed Martin whistling is that when he whistles to the song, all the dogs in the neighborhood congregate around him. And so they
4: gather, and they gather, then they gather. I don't, I don't know if it's good whistling, but it's whistling, and that, it's that's that's the battle. You know what I mean? Fantastic Just keep whistling. whistling.
0: Nobody whistles anymore except whistling Ed Martin. That's that's your old cowboy name, whistling Ed Martin.
4: <laughs> There you go. Okay. There you go. Uh, what's happening?
0: Well, I tell you what, man, what's happening is this pro-America report that you sent out, and it is just chock full of everything. So I got a couple of of the two different pro-America reports, and I want to just pop some stuff off uh, off of that and see what your deeper thought is into it. Yeah. But People can get the Pro-America Report in their inbox, right, Ed?
4: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a free It's a free newsletter. Yep. We send it out, as you know, uh, smash 8 a.m. East Coast time, so 7 a.m. Central right there. Mm-hmm. It goes, bam, almost 80,000 people on the email list, so 80,000 people getting it. And it's you go to ProAmericaReport.com, and there'll be a sign-up block there. Just sign up. I don't sell your thing. I, I don't sell it. I don't rent it. I don't loan it. I don't do nothing. All I do is send you five emails a week and tell you what's up with uh, the Pro-America Report and uh, what you need to know in the morning. So thank you for the chance to push that. I, I love hearing from people, you know, with smash when people get that. If yeah. you know, if you reply, it comes right to my email. And so a lot of times folks say, I think you're full of it on this, or I agree with you on that. And it's uh, great feedback from smart folks. So love to have people sign
0: up. Well, let me uh, start you off this with this. Uh, uh, yeah. Biden insists the border isn't in crisis. He also wants <laughs> NASA to stop uh, exploring space to help deal <laughs> with it. But that's a different story. But he says the, uh, is not in crisis. And for that reason, he sends uh, Kamala Harris out there, really has no experience. And yet at the same time, I heard her first dialogue, her first exchange with the president of Mexico. And I'm wondering, I'm, I just want to play it for you here. And you let me yep. know what uh, you think of this exchange because you're a political yep. type of dude. All right. So I'm going to put you on right, hold yeah, so okay. you can hold this. All right. So you can hear this. All right. Here we go. I'm going to go to hold for Ed right there. And this is Kamala Harris. As designated by President Biden to be the person who will handle the border crisis. And here's a conversation with the Mexican president. You want to believe him crying at the end of this thing? It's astounding.
3: Juan.
1: Listen, listen,
3: I'm being serious. I don't know what I did wrong. You don't know what you did wrong. Oh my god,
0: I didn't know. I did not know that she spoke Spanish. Fantastic.
4: <laughs> yeah. You know, look. The proof is in the proof is in what happens, because even after Kamala Harris was appointed and then you you did some of these different things, by the way, she actually her staff came out and one of her lead staff said she she, literally the phrase was she's not doing the border because they know this is a trap. This is an impossible thing to win Mm -hmm. because it is a crisis. Mm -hmm. But here's the more important news, Smash. Inevitably, the Biden administration has decided they have to do what Trump did, because what Trump did was pressure The nations, Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, and they made them stop having their people come up through the through Mexico. And that's what they announced yesterday. The Biden administration announced that they will, in fact, you know, get the cooperation of those other nations and they'll stop letting the people run up through Mexico to America. So, you know, one thing that's happening a little bit more frequently than even I expected is Biden is doing the kinds of things almost exactly like Trump did. I For example, know. they announced that they figured out that Khashoggi, that so-called journalist, was murdered by the Saudi prince. Mm-hmm. And, you know, remember when they first had that happen, Trump said, well, we'll see. And everyone said, oh, my gosh, how can he be so nice to that dictator? And what happened when Biden got proof that Khashoggi was killed by the Saudi prince? Uh, Biden said, well, we're not going to do much with that. I mean, because you can't fight people <laughs> right. that you can't win.
0: Exactly. Fight with. So, right.
4: Anyway, on the, border, on the border, that's what's happening down there. Yeah.
0: All right. One of the things I, I love is this I don't know what it was a uh, a letter but I'm on read uh, my daughter was listening to an AP US history podcast the other day and it occurred to me just how important fake history is to the narrative of fake news yeah. fake history yeah. also known as yeah. revisionist history taught <laughs> to our children in school prepares them to be more easily digesting the lies presented by the mainstream media. So I thought that was quite a uh, quite a little piece there in the <laughs> Pro America report. Yeah,
4: quite quite a claim. But here's here's what I mean when you when you first of all when you wake up and you realize that the media has been lying to us. Not look, not every time they don't lie about the Cardinals score, but they lie about almost everything else it seems. And especially they try to persuade you to believe yeah. things. You start to say, well, what isn't true? When I listened to my, my daughter prepare for the AP US history, the spin on this was that, you know, everything was sort of uh, uh, anti. Here's an example. They call the Red Scare, right? Yeah. And there were, they, they say in history there were two Red Scares. One immediately after the uh, Bolshevik revolution, where, the, where the, the, you know, the revolution in Russia, where they yep. threw out the czars and they put in the Bolsheviks, the communists, and everyone said, holy cow, this is a red scare. And the red scare was in America. We started saying, hey, what, what's going on? Do we have to worry about this happening here? And there were real people that wanted it to happen here. But that, so that was – they call it a red scare. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next red scare, they say, was Joe McCarthy lying. And they said Joe McCarthy lied about everything, and Joe McCarthy was this and that. And McCarthyism is a a phrase people know to be like all these – except when the Soviet Union fell in 89. Since then, they've disclosed all the documents, and Joe McCarthy was right. He may have been a loudmouth. He may have actually had an alcohol problem, but he was not not, uh, lying. He knew that the Soviets – and, when you, and they, when you listen to the U.S. history, AP U.S. history, they say the Red Scare. And with that widely discredited Joseph McCarthy, senator from Wisconsin, well, history should show he was right, that mm-hmm. our nation had been infiltrated yeah. by Soviet agents. I'm and sure. so the history is rewritten in such a way – and then, by the way, Smash, it's happening right now. You know, there's only one person killed on January 6th at the Capitol. It was a woman shot by a cop. Now, her name is Ashley Babbitt. Two days ago, there was a, a black man killed by a cop in Wisconsin, uh, in Minnesota, right. yesterday before yesterday. Right. his the, the shooter, the police officer's name has been put out in the public. It's a woman. Her name's in the public. And it's because the, the, the guy that got killed was black. And so this is the standard you have to. But why don't we know the name of the police officer that shot the woman in the Capitol? We don't know anything about him. Now, I, again, my point here is, who, who's writing the history right. when they say the Black Lives Matter protests last summer were peaceful? They were about frustration. And the January 6th, million point five people that were frustrated. That wasn't a protest. That was a riot. Right. So it, right. It's, it's worse than people believe. And I just yeah. think what I could not believe. Well, listened to my daughter, the history, the history. Here's another one real quick. They call it the Gilded Age. And US the, and the History said the Gilded Age which is a term that means that everything was a lie underneath mm-hmm. uh, the exterior. Mm-hmm. That's not what gilded means. Gilded is a word that means you take a piece of furniture, you paint it exactly. with gold paint, right. and you make it look really, really sort of uh, over-the-top. Yeah. But it's not fake. It's right. over-the-top, gouty and wealthy. Right. But So the gilded age is supposed to be the fake age, according to the fake AP history guy. So I just I think we're in, a, we're in a funny moment in American life.
2: Well,
0: here's another one that parallels yeah. that uh, funny moment in American life. you talking about uh, in your pro-America report about punishment for professors who are found by, by the student governments of colleges, punishment mm-hmm. for professors who are found guilty of oppression. I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> what kind of oppression is supposed to just be teachers, right?
4: Well, you know, you can extend this even crazier, smashing. Okay. you know, I think you and I could, you and I could, you know, have it, spend hours on the phone and we'd say, on on, on the radio and say, we want to protect against child abuse, right? Mm -hmm, That's a mm -hmm. real thing. But now the law has come so far that you have kids, I mean, I'm talking kids, who will sue their parents and say, I'm in charge, right? And so, again, there are lots of teachers, you know, the nuns used to wrap your knuckles; They should have wrapped them harder. I mean, you know, and that, that wasn't exactly. But on the other hand, now we're in a situation where, the students in a college will say, "I felt uncomfortable here," and you'll have a, a, you know, an otherwise respectable professor on a hot seat because the students didn't feel good. You know yeah. what I mean? That's right. so. Now I'm not against questioning authority, and especially questioning professors. I I had some of that when I was in school too. But yep. we're we're again we're in this the the the, uh, the tail is wagging the dog mm. of what I would call human maturity. Mm, you know, yeah. you should be able to feel uncomfortable. And not have to get somebody fired over it, you
0: know? Yeah. Well, my professors at Indiana University were all <laughs> uh-huh. oppressors because they made me have to study, and that is oppression yeah. to me. Exactly. I went to college that's to right. party, dagoney. Hey, so yeah, let me. Right. You got a couple more minutes, man? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, cool, yeah. Come on, cool. come on. So uh, I'm looking at this right here, and I'm thinking to myself, this is really fantastic. All politics is local. What do you exactly yeah. mean by that? I know it's in, in your letter that opens up the pro America report, yeah. but all politics is local. Can you expand on that?
4: Well, you know, one thing about this is that, um, is that uh, it's a famous phrase. You know, mm-hmm. the phrase was used uh, by Tip O'Neill, the old Boston wow. uh, congressman him. who became yeah. Speaker of the House. And he was known for being a real old fashioned, you know, Irish American. He was a. He was a Schmoozer. He and Reagan had a good relationship. They got some things done. So he said all politics local. What I mean by that now is the decisions that are made. And and I had a meeting then when he said it. But what I mean now is the decisions that are impacting what's going on. Congress is broken. They can't even figure out how to come to an agreement on 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 basic stuff like secure the border or or, you know, how to handle. So you can't wait for anybody fixing that. But more importantly, the decisions like changing the lives, the trajectory of our community is happening in your school board mm-hmm. because the school board's the one that's deciding how to power through the fear. And it's real part of it's real and part of it's too much uh, fear, but it's a real COVID, right? I mean, it's a real yeah. thing. So, but the school board's the one that does it, you know, the people that are deciding how your kids go back to school, the people are deciding, you know, you want to take it, you want to address the question of what's wrong with policing. You know, you need to do it locally. You, you That's not going to come down from Congress. You have to figure out how to Give our cops what they need and also, you know, uh, pull back from uh, from uh, the kinds of things that lead to bad situations. But, you know, smash back to this coming full circle to our families. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I did an interview today. When I was a kid, my dad told me if the cops pull you over, first of all, if you think you're if you think they're wrong, you're wrong. So that's <laughs> how you start. They were whatever right. they say is right. And he said, you put your hands up on the, on the steering wheel, yeah. turn the light on inside the car and you say, yes, sir. No, sir. And you do whatever they tell you. Now, I'm not sure I was raised by the greatest father, could be, but I think that's common sense. Oh, and, and every one of these shootings that happens, yeah. our community, we don't say things like, the guy that was killed in Minnesota, it's a terrible tragedy, but he pulled away from the cops, jumped in his car, and hit the gas. Yeah. This is not exactly the most, uh, the best risk management I've ever seen. So yeah. the local thing I mean is we're not going to reclaim America by one march on Washington or one new senator. We're going to do it, I think, by having lots of local folks that get in, get tied in, and get things going in the right direction, bring their common sense. And people have to feel, which I hope they do, that that it's worth it because – It is worth it, and we got to find our
0: ways to it. That is Ed Martin. His Pro America report is available to you in your inbox. What's the process there, Eduardo?
4: Just go to Mm proamericareport.com, proamericareport.com, and sign up right there in the email thing. It'll send you. Put your email in the system, and you'll be. You you just sing. You have to record us a short rendition of any Trini Lopez song. (laughs) And after you're done recording that, then you you know you will we'll we'll review them. Uh, Smash and I will review all the audition tapes, and we'll see if you can get on.
0: All right. Catch you next time, my man. I appreciate uh, okay. it. All right. This sounds land sounds is good. your land. This land is my land. Whistling at Martin. To the New York Island. Rocking
3: the Redwood Forest. To the Gulf Stream Wild Island. This land was made you and me. Listen to the Smash Valley Podcast. Martin. Anywhere.
0: Anywhere. Google, Apple, Spotify, and the new home at Amazon Music. Smashdaily.com. Who needs insurance? Everybody. Gerard Fisher. G-Force has been here for 26 years, making sure everybody's insurance is taken care of. He's coming to the riverbend out of Godfrey. right? G-Force is out there on Godfrey Road. G-Force. I call him G Force because the dude knows the game. Gerard Fisher knows insurance. He knows what you need for your insurance. A lot of people, you know, they buy insurance thinking that's what it is. Well, you you may have bought too much, may have not bought enough, maybe spending too much, maybe ain't spending enough. Got to get a guy like Gerard Fisher who is able to work 26 years in the insurance business and now have three offices. One out there, like I said, in Godfrey. And then you go over to Edwardsville and then out in Quincy. It's because in the 26 years, the guy has been taking care of people. Family takes care of family. You need insurance. You need to go to the right folks, the right guy. And that's Gerard Fisher. G-E-R-A-R-D-F-I-S-C-H-E-R. GerardFisher.com.
3: Smash, smash, com. a smash. I'm a golfer, you can ask my wife, I've been out there hacking every day of my life, I got the shorts, and all the plaid sweaters, that new tailor-made driver didn't make me any better, man, I hit them fat, and I hit them thin, I roll them in the bunkers, man, I hit them again, slice them in the bushes, crank them in the creek. I pop that sucker up and hook it out in the street Yeah, I'm 245 right down the middle And I'm Mr. Green to the left just a little Chili dip away and put it all together Hit that son of a bitch right up there in the leather If you call that good, then let me press on the side you can put me down for it, Yeah,
0: buddy. Smash with you right here. It's about seven minutes in front. Oh, five o'clock. I'm just looking right here. You know, a master just got done last Sunday. And uh, Hideki, or Hideki, depending on what side of town you're from, Matsuyama, he got himself a win. Now, I got a list of the money that a lot of these guys made. You will not even believe what the losers made. alright I'm going to run it to you. That uh, golf song is called Essie. Fill in the rest of Essie. Golfer. <laughs> Sergio Garcia. Everybody knows Sergio Garcia. Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson. Uh, Bernard Longer. Fred Couples. I love Freddie Couples. Vijay Singh, a wonderful... Larry Myers. Those guys didn't even make the cut. But they got $10,000. <sighs> you know what? I could go to ten different golf tournaments and not make the cut. And I'm still making a hundred thousand bucks a year. I'm in the wrong business here. But I'm gonna start you on the money, all right? Coming in at various spots along the way, and then I'll I'll take it to the top ten. But like the guy who came in fifty second out of like fifty-five places. Uh Francesco Molinari. I love that name. All right? He was nine above. That was it. Wasn't even par. At nine above, he made twenty seven thousand six hundred dollars. Bubba Watson comes in in a tie for twenty. No, no, he comes by himself in twenty sixth place. Bubba Watson one above par makes eighty thousand dollars. Tied for twenty first place, three guys. Twenty first place, Justin Thomas, Phil Mickelson, Shane Lowry. If you watch golf, watch the pros, you know these names. All right, these guys came in twenty-one, twenty one, and twenty one. So they had to share the prize money. All right. This is wild. They all got a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. A hundred and let's go to the top ten in the Masters, all right? And you know what I'm talking about here. Money, 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 money. This is where the money in money is. Money, 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 money. Money. Money, money,
2: money, money. 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 So these are the top
0: golfers. Money. The guys who made the money. The guys who made the money. These are the top ten. All right. So I will now start with 10th place. That's a tie at 10th place. I'm going to round off these figures. All right. Cameron Smith and Tony, F-I-N-A-U, for now, I guess, maybe. Tony and Cameron in 10th place at the Masters made Tied for eighth place because there's no ninth place because they're splitting the money up here, is it? So, tied for eighth place, Corey Connors and Patrick Reed. They were four below par. They got $345,000 each. Justin Rose. Stands alone in seventh place by himself. Got $385,000. Wow. We start with the uh, top five. This is tied for five, so there is no fourth because there's a tie for third. So tied for fifth place at the Masters. You ready for this? Mark Leishman, L-E-I-S-H-M-A-N. And John Rahm, R A H M, $600, $440,000. That's fifth place, no fourth place. All right. Third place, Ty, Jordan Spieth, S P I E T H, and Xander Shuffle. These guys share the money at $667,000 each for third place. Wow. And then this guy, Will, and, and this guy, Xander Schlaffel, whatever his name is, this guy, he might have won this whole thing, but he like triple bo- uh, triple bogeyed the uh, 16th hole, I think it was. Imagine you're having a great game, and then you triple bogey the sixth hole. See, for me, I'll triple bogey every hole, and if I get less than triple bogey, I'm having a joyous day. But this poor guy, Xander Schloffel, he could have uh, possibly won this whole thing. But he got $667,000 for four days' work. Yeah, but you know those travel expenses smash. Yeah, you know, each one of these guys has to pay some big money to get in the tournament, because it's not like they're just in second place. Came in with Nine under, nine under, all right, in second place at the Masters. Will Zalatoris, and keep in mind, I don't even know who these guys are. Will Zalatoris, $1,242,000 for second place. God, I feel sorry for him. He lost by only one stroke. This guy who won, Hideki Matsuyama, the pride of Japan. You know, I was going to translate that into like a billion-dollar career thing. $2,070,000. $2,070,000. I'm looking at myself, man, I should have been a golfer. I always thought to myself, you know, the best gig is really kind of like to be a tennis player. You just run back and forth and hit the ball. I tell you what I'm getting ready to do. I'm getting ready to become the number one pickleball player in the country for old folks, but that's just me preparing myself in an athletic way. I look at Doug Jenkins over here, happy-go-lucky newsman, my partner when we do that talking track thing, and I'm thinking you would be an ultimate fly fisherman. Man. Just just looking at you, you could stand in the water with the high boots, don't matter if you're catching fish, and still make a hundred thousand dollars as long as you do it good for the TV. Oh, I can certainly pose to the camera. That, that is my yeah. strong suit. The camera loves me. Could you not see $100,000 for a weekend's worth of fishing? That, uh, that would be a pretty sweet gig, and, <laughs> uh, you know, I can't catch fish to save my life, but I could certainly stand out there and look like I am. You're a practical man. The loser, Will Zalatoris, in second place, gets $1.2 million. What do you say to that? You're a practical man.
3: That's a lot of fly fishing.
0: There you go. That's it. As far as golfing is concerned, bravo to the winners, because ain't none of them losers. Here we go. Hey, I'm a <laughs> city golfer.
3: Most of us are. We carry our clubs in the back of our car. What else you gonna do? You're out of town, and you need to waste a whole day and shoot another round. Then I played Augusta, and I played Pebble Beats. And one time at Sawgrass, I shot 83. If I live long enough, V88, I think I'll celebrate it by shooting my age. <laughs> 245, right down the middle, and I'm a screen to the left. Just a little chilly, dippy with and put it all together. Hit that son of a bitch, try right to in the leather, and if you call that good, and let me press on the Oh, you yeah.